Hello and welcome to Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burke. Now, in my experience over the past 10 years working in the health and fitness industry, plant-based eating, consuming less meat or turning vegan or vegetarian is becoming more and more popular for a number of reasons. So I'm really excited to have Vanessa Sturman here today, who's a plant-based health coach who founded Energize and Thrive Plant-Based to debunk some of the common myths around plant-based eating, to share expertise on how to follow a plant-based diet the right way as just eliminating meat isn't always automatically healthier. And we're going to go through much more besides that as well. So without further ado, let's get straight into it and welcome to today's podcast. So first off, Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. No, you're welcome and I'm very excited to have you on. So you're a plant-based health coach and when you say plant-based, like what what do you mean specifically by that? Because I think a lot of people have heard these terms going around, but they're not quite sure what that means. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really good question because it is talked about a lot. And I think people hear the word vegan a lot or a lot of food is labeled vegan. And, you know, vegan is actually all about the entire lifestyle of not exploiting animals. But plant based is about diet. It's just about food. So this means um, basically I get all my food. Uh, from ingredients that do not have any animal products in and by that means um, meat fish dairy eggs and honey so you're basically focusing on just plants but that doesn't mean I'm just eating a bowl of salad and you know it can be it includes every kind of vegetable you can think of it includes legumes it includes beans it includes tofu so you can have you know incredible curries burgers all of those sorts of things are included in plant-based it just means they're not made from meat fish dairy and eggs and honey basically yeah it makes sense that's a really good explanation and what would you say like in your experience because you've obviously done this for a while you're an expert in this field like what do you think the biggest benefits of a plant-based diet yeah absolutely And, and i suppose one other thing i should caveat is um, as long as we're talking about healthier plant-based diets, because, you know, crisps and um, vegan chocolate cake are also plant-based. And of course you can have those because we all want a treat. We all want that sort of stuff sometimes. But if you were just to eat those sorts of things, obviously you wouldn't get the health benefits you get from eating, um, you know, really varied plant foods and vegetables. So that's just that little caveat that we can still be unhealthy even when we're eating um, plant-based foods as well. But in terms of the benefits, um, we can reduce our inflammation. We can increase our performance as well in terms of fitness and exercise. Uh, It can help us lose weight. Plant-based foods tend to be less calorie dense as well than animal products and um, we get more vitamins we get more minerals it can be fantastic for our skin it can help prevent all sorts of uh, chronic diseases it can help prevent things like type 2 diabetes so and as well as heart disease and all of those sorts of things that are you know maybe lining our arteries with fats and cholesterols and things like that you know we can reduce our risk of getting those sorts of things with a plant-based diet and not only that it's completely delicious and wonderful and you're less likely to get food poisoning as well just as a little added extra there that's a that's a very good point because both lucy my girlfriend and uh, yaz one of our team members have both had food poisoning i think from chicken in the last like two months i know there's something <laughs> going around so i did want to come on to the little caveat you said actually i think that's a great point because i think there's yeah there's unhealthy and healthy ways to eat in any method you choose to eat right like 
So in terms of plant-based yeah. dieting, what do you think are the biggest sort of traps or like the most, I don't want to say the most unhealthy, but like the, there is a way to do it, right? That's quite unhealthy. So I think if we talk about that, then we can understand why that's not going to work so well. So what do you think is like a, a way of doing it that's not so healthy? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I can put this into sort of for simplicity, maybe maybe two um, camps. You know, one of them I'll, I'll allude back to the the, the crisps and um, chocolate cake and things like that. Is you know, there's a, there's a lot of food out there that is not healthy that is vegan or plant based. You'll still see that label vegan, and, and they can sort of mean that the same thing. It means there's no animal products in them, but they'll be full of um, sugar, refined fats. Um, very little fiber, for example, which we need for our gut health, they might be very calorie dense. So people might be putting on a lot of weight if they are just eating, um, you know, burgers with ketchup and vegan mayo or something like that. You know, that's not going to be a balanced meal. That is not going to help you get full. It's not going to help you lose weight. It's not going to give you the vitamins and minerals you need. So you might be eating some more of that kind of junk food you might want to call it that um you all need a treat so there's nothing wrong with going and having that but of course you know you can get vegan donuts oreos are vegan they're accidentally vegan but you know you can eat a whole packet of oreos and they're vegan plant-based um that is not healthy for you at all so there's that side of things where actually and the more that we get these products coming out as well it's a great thing because it encourages people um to have to you know to go vegan or go plant-based or go partly plant-based and things like that but it doesn't mean that it's healthy or you say you do get a jar of vegan mayo and some of these products are fantastic but yes they are very calorie dense they are full of oil um, and they may not help you on on your journey um, in terms of getting rid of inflammation and weight loss however good that product is so you need to kind of just more it's just about moderating it you know it's not about not having it because I, I don't believe in restriction um, and I think it's great to have treats we all want that um, but that can be a trap people fall into and it sounds so basic but I sometimes have this joke where I say oh people pay me to tell them to eat their veg you know I look at people's plates and they show me what they're eating and I keep saying bigger portion of veg bigger portion of veg and you're like wow this is the stuff your parents said but you know a huge reason people are struggling to lose weight is because actually you know they're not putting enough of that on their plate they're not getting enough of the vitamins and minerals and things like that that you could get from vegetables because they're having such a small portion of it that veg those vegetables are really going to fill you up and they're going to be great for your gut health and sometimes people are not having enough of those and then on the other side of what people um struggle with and when people maybe say well I tried to go plant-based I did it for a month then I got really tired um got really hungry started craving this started craving that and it's because they've almost tried to go too healthy um you know maybe they've just sort of you know they said well I was eating salad every day um and I had some avocado on toast for breakfast this avocado on toast is fantastic but you know there's not there's not really much protein in that um it's not really a balanced meal um you know so I say to people well you know if you maybe added some you know roasted chickpeas to the top of that avocado on toast and added a load of roasted tomatoes you've got a more balanced meal there but you were just simply eating avocado on toast for breakfast then a salad for lunch um and then maybe a soup for dinner or something like that and the fact is not getting enough calories it's not they're not balanced meals and so no wonder they became tired hungry bored the other one is people getting bored so if we don't have variety and I know I'm giving you a long answer uh, to your yeah. question but it, it does take me on to some really important stuff that if we don't have variety our body does get bored and it starts craving and it's our body's survival mechanism of saying 
go and forage for something else because right now you are not getting the variety that I need in my body for the best gut health, the best nutrients, et cetera, et cetera. So please go and forage for something else. And that makes us literally get bored and go and try and eat something else. But unfortunately, when we get those sorts of cravings, we tend not to head for the broccoli. We tend to head for, for less healthy things. Yeah. Um, and so that can be a problem. So I'd say sort of can fall into those two camps in terms of the biggest pitfalls people um, have in terms of trying to be healthy on a plant-based diet. I think there's so many good points there. I've taken a few notes because I want to ask a few more questions about <laughs> things. But I think the first one I want to cover is, I think this is my opinion. I'm interested to hear yours. Like there's some fundamentals you kind of need to meet that you just alluded to. Mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. like, whatever nutrition approach you follow, whether it's plant-based or otherwise, you have to meet some fundamentals if you want to feel good and be healthy from it. Um, what do you think those fundamentals are in I, I think you mentioned like calories I think you mentioned protein I think you mentioned variety like what what do you think are the key fundamentals that you need to meet so that people can understand what a healthy plant-based diet looks like I, I imagine it basically means meeting those fundamentals is that right yeah absolutely and that's a big focus of, of, of what I do in my coaching yes I'm a plant-based health coach i.e I will teach you to use you know delicious plant-based food in this approach but I'm still a health coach in the sense that I'm teaching you how to have high energy and a healthy weight and filling food and be happy and fulfilled you don't have to want to be fully plant-based to, to come and do this but in terms of those principles that should work for anyone it's the stuff you know you alluded to but it's what is an actual balanced plate of food and it is really surprising when I look at people's food and I only do this if people that you know people want to come and work with me I'm not going to sit there in a restaurant and sort of you know point to people's food and say ah it's not balanced and it, and it often isn't but we're not taught as, as kids you know how to have a balanced meal so um you know people do for instance on it try to lose weight and they say well oh well, I'll just I'll simply eat less and that obviously doesn't work because it's really about the quality so I think that's one thing is is that what is the quality of the food you're eating? Um, yeah. Is this food going to really sustain me and fill me up? I think that's really important. And what actually can fill us up more than things like protein is fiber. And I think that's often missed out. And many people are deficient in fiber, uh, which yeah. is key for gut health, which we can sort of talk about a bit later. But I think, you know, key, in terms of a fundamental, what is, you know, what is a balanced meal? Do I have some protein on my plate? Do I have lots of vegetables for fiber? Do I have complex carbohydrates? Um, do I have some healthy fats? Um, and the thing with the fact that a lot of people are using huge amounts of oil, for example, that's not a healthy fat. It is the most calorie dense thing you can have. So if people are also trying to lose weight, they might be having un unknown to them, you know, 300 calories or something a day, in oil that they could potentially avoid or avoid a lot of. Uh, you can't avoid it when you go out to restaurants. Let's not stress about that. Go and enjoy your restaurant. Um, but there are things like, you know, you know, just avoiding those those small things and having an understanding as well of calorie density, I think is really, really important. And having an understanding of what is actually going to fill me up. So I think people also maybe make mistakes. And this is also where a lot of your expertise comes in you know they they um, there's the sort of myths of oh yeah but after exercise my metabolism is higher yes it is that is obviously true but I've heard people then say so you can eat whatever you want after exercise and it doesn't count or something like yeah. that um and they sort of get into these patterns of going well I've earned this piece of cake and it's like yeah actually you, I understand that 
but actually you need to be thinking about eating something really, really healthy post-exercise. And then if you want a piece of cake, of course, crack on. Um, you know, we all need to have those treats, but you do also need to be thinking about well, what does my body really, really need to sustain me? Yeah, and I think that's a brilliant explanation of what, because like we have exactly the same um, belief of the fundamentals, even though our approaches are slightly, mm. like we don't always yeah. like we have people on our program who are plant-based or vegan, vegetarian. We have lots of people who are not, but it's all about what that balanced diet looks like because we have the same issue. Of, everyone's heard the word balance and it's thrown around all over the time, but no one actually yes. knows what it means. And no one's teaching people what it means. They're only yeah. teaching extreme diets of like um, out carbs or go keto or do intermittent fasting. Yeah. None of that's balanced, right? So yeah. Oh, do you know what? And it, it's sorry. Go on. No, no, no. <laughs> you go, you go on. I think you have something you need to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, most of the people that come to me, or a lot of them, um, will have gone on so many diets, and you know, it, research has shown that. The people who are the most overweight and struggling the most with their weight have gone on the most diets throughout their lives. And it, it, it really, it really frustrates me. And it's part of the reason I do what I do, because it makes people horribly unhappy. It makes them even more confused. It makes their bodies even more confused. And they've sort of tried all these different things. And I think there's also a lot of, um, in terms of you know, the fundamentals, is, is making sure people know that there is no, in inverted commas, quick fix. Um, and actually what you do now and today, if you decide, right, I'm going to change my, my diet and my approach, um, what you do today, you need to look at it and say, is this what I'm able to be doing in 30 years that's going to keep me happy, sustained, high energy, healthy weight, all of those things. And actually doing things like you said, you know, cutting out carbs. It's like, well, actually, if that is a short term thing, OK, you might lose weight in the short term. What are you going to do when that short term ends? You know, and, and that's a really frustrating thing. And that's where people do fall. They do go into the yo-yo dieting. Their health is affected. Um, and also their mental health is affected as well. Because I get people who are afraid of certain foods and afraid of, unfortunately, healthy foods like sweet potato. Because it's like, oh, well, that's <laughs> that's a carb. I can't be I can't be going near that. And it's it, it means then there's a lot of work to do, not just on people's bodies, but on their heads as well, um, which is, you know, is something I work with people on as well. But, you know, it does get people into these horrible, confused states um, and they need to relearn again their relationship with food, how to eat, what to cook, to actually just, just be happy and healthy. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I always say, if, it's, if you can only do it temporarily, the results only ever going to be temporary. So it's got to be yeah. enjoyable and it's got to be something you can do forever. And I think if you understand the yes. fundamentals, then you can understand, oh yeah, I need to have enough fiber and protein and complex carbs and not too many refined ones or sugars, you know, not too much oil, eat calorie dense foods. If you understand how to yeah. do all that, which obviously takes a bit of time to learn and that's why we both have a job. Yes. <laughs> that's why we both want <laughs> to do it. But when you understand that, then you don't, you don't need to diet again. I think a lot of people- exactly see yeah they see the next diet and they jump on that one and I completely get it because they're marketing yes. in other ways but it's if you can yes. if you can just get out of the dieting mindset and think how could I eat for the rest of my life in the way that I enjoy it and it might be plant-based then it's going to be you know as you said you're going to see results for for the long term and you're going to keep the results which is just as important I think most of the people I work with are they're on their last draw yeah. they literally say like this is the last time I'm ever doing yeah because I was so fed up <laughs> So yeah, I want to get exactly. into like 
Oh, sorry to interrupt. Go on. Oh, okay. I'll say I'll say one last thing. Hey, um, is that <laughs> yeah. just 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 be you know because I, I hear that same thing as well where people say you know this is the last thing I kind of want to try and some people even go as far as saying I don't even know if I believe something else is going to work because I've tried all these things and it's so sad because what they actually haven't tried unbeknown to them because we're not taught the stuff probably like you said that clever marketing um and you know sort of maybe i don't want to say all the results pictures are, are fake because that's not necessarily true but they might be temporary and they're not going to work for everyone but yeah. some people actually don't even believe that another approach could even work and they they get in their head actually um i'm just an unhealthy person and i'm just unable to lose weight and that is who i am and it, it becomes part of their identity and belief because they don't understand or have never been given the the kind of the, the the space or the correct marketing whatever it is to understand that actually there is a much easier healthy way to do this yeah totally agree and talking of easy then like yeah in terms of going meat free or reducing your meat consumption like what would you say are the easiest ways because I think a lot of people mm. myself included or I am getting a lot better because Lucy my girlfriend <laughs> Uh, a she got salmonella so doesn't want to eat chicken but also has wanted to reduce meat a lot so I've I've been going yeah. through this process myself of like learning easy enjoyable ways to go meat free or reduce meat but I was definitely stuck in the like yeah. almost meat and two veg approach or like meat healthy carbs sure. and veg. so like what have you, <laughs> you got for yeah. people who need to who not need to who want to go meat free or reduce their meat consumption to do it in an easy yeah. way yeah yeah absolutely I mean there are some kind of direct swaps you can make but and this is where we sort of go back to those fundamentals um, and understanding that you could for instance do a direct swap of I don't know um, pulled pork or chicken in your curry for something like jackfruit um, and, and jackfruit is there's a fruit that comes from India it's become more and more popular because it's kind of meaty yeah. you could do that but jackfruit does not have the protein as much protein in as meat so you would have to make sure you've got some of those fundamentals and saying well I, you know I just make sure I understand you know what's got more protein than other things you know tofu is a high protein vegan ingredient whereas jackfruit is not as much so you know if you were going to make a direct swap um just making sure you know what the you know what nutritional value that that food has but I think a really good way of, of doing things where it's not just a, a direct swap is doing things like say curries um using some of the skills you've already got right I know how to make a great chicken curry great chicken masala or whatever it is your favorite curry I'll just put chickpeas in instead of chicken, you know, because in the end, what creates that great taste um, and flavor is all the spices you're using and the vegetables you're using. You know, chicken doesn't really taste of anything. <laughs> um, we can chase chicken, obviously. Um, yeah. But, you know, when we really make chicken interesting, it is because we spiced it up um, in some way. So, so something like a curry to make some of those um, uh, direct sort of um, uh, changes is, is, is really, really good. Just put the chickpeas in instead. Chickpeas are full of fiber, full of protein, really, really filling, um, potentially more filling than chicken, but you can make that decision. Make sure you have a good portion of those um, of those chickpeas. Um, you know, even taking meals that you already have, maybe you love a night that is kind of, you know, burgers and chips with salad and guacamole and all those sorts of things. You know, most of what you're having is going to be meat free. You know, the only thing is, say, the burger. Um, we will get onto processed food. You could go out and buy a burger, uh, which we don't want to do too frequently, um, but it's there for when you need it for a bit of convenience. But, you know, you could make a bean burger, for example. You can make a bean burger, some really easy recipes online for that. Um, and just a tip on that to make it even more easy, 
there is nothing wrong. I always say there's no rules about how much food you make. And if you've got a freezer, the freezer is your best friend. So if you want to make a burger mix, I do this all the time. People think I'm mad for how much is in my freezer, but I'm winning when I'm not cooking every night. So there we go. Um, but, you know, you can make a huge amount of burger mix, for example, um, make up a few, a few patties and cook them, put a ton of that burger mix in the freezer for another time. And then another time you want them, you're like, I've got big, healthy, you know, beetroot and black bean burger mix in the freezer right now. Um, you know, so there's also some of that stuff that, that, that comes in in terms of, um, you know, making double bulk cooking, even if, you know, even if you are just one person on your own, um, you know, make sure you are doing that so you're not having to cook um, again as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like when we're going to come on to that of like of, of food prep as well and how important that is. Yeah, especially for the busy people I think we both often work with I'm also eating a lot more yeah. tofu and I was like a bit reluctant with tofu at first because yeah. I think there's lots of different types right I, I know I really like the tofu brand because it's quite firm and it has a bit of bite yeah. to it, but like I think a lot of people have had bad experiences with tofu and then have just written it off do you find that's happened for some people yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just today I've got a Tofu Masterclass coming up, which is part of my program. Um, yeah. And that is because people really do struggle with tofu. Um, but tofu is, you know, it's it's really high protein. It's lean. It's minimally processed as long as, you, you know, you're getting the organic stuff. And most tofu for human consumption is completely organic anyway. Um, and what I say to people is when people say, oh, tofu doesn't taste anything uh, of anything, I say, well, that's like taking a bag of plain flour and saying, oh, I don't like plain flour. It doesn't taste of anything thing um and it doesn't until we flavor no. it with something and actually <laughs> actually there's incredible things you can do with tofu and um, so in the in the masterclass for example i teach people how to make um crispy tofu sort of mini chicken bites which you can also have things like seaweed too to make them little kind of i'm not going to say it tastes exactly the same but almost little calamari crispy fish bites that sounds good and you can do that oil free as well uh, it's very like yeah i mean you're welcome to come to the tofu masterclass if you want <laughs> as well rob um because it's really fantastic now. for flavoring things and you know <laughs> the other one we do is a tofu halloumi and that's just to do with how you flavor it you know things like um mustard lemon juice you know, that, the mustard gives that sort of little cheesy twang so that's another way of sort of um you know reducing some of these animal products is learning oh actually some of that tanginess I might get from cheese you know I can maybe get from mustard depending on what I want to cook um you know so we make a tofu halloumi then you can make a tofu bacon as in tofu bacon again I'm not going to say it tastes identical but then you have these different textures and, and I think you know what you said about the tofu brand um and tofu in general is, is really important and this is really important for our variety is that we do have this variety of textures and that we do have things that feel slightly different in the mouth we do have things that we can um really chew and are going to satisfy us and that's another pitfall people have is actually you know when they go vegan or, or plant-based or more plant-based sometimes it can become a little bit salad and hummus a little bit soup um and things like that and actually you know we need to chew uh, to stimulate our gut we need to chew for our brain to recognize that we're eating so we need to chew to feel full for example and things like our tofu um, and that brand tofu like you said they do a lovely teriyaki flavored one which is a a great that's a great tip as well for reducing your meat get the teriyaki flavored tofu that's that's already marinated but we you know you can learn to do it yourself chop that up give it a little a bake or a little 
riddle or whatever a little fry and put it in your stir fry instead of you know your chicken or your pork um and you know your stir fry's got garlic in it's got soy sauce in um you know it, it might have ginger in it's got all those other lovely flavors so you're going to still have a really delicious meal maybe with some whole grain rice as well and loads of vegetables in your stir fry but you've just got teriyaki tofu instead of whatever meat or prawns or whatever you might have had in there I didn't know there was a teriyaki. I'm going to have to try that because I love the flavour of teriyaki. <laughs> and you, you, it you is made... so nice. I'll have to, yeah. It's, so it's the same brand, is it? The Tofu one? Yeah, the, the, the T-O-S-O-H, that brand. Yeah. No, that's all right. And that's a good brand. And then you can, what I teach people to do as well, because you can go out and buy those, but they're, you know, in terms of price, it's a bit more expensive to buy pre-marinated stuff, but it's great, especially for like convenience, you know, because we are busy, but you can get bigger blocks of tofu. It takes really not very long. Once you know how to marinate them with all sorts of different flavors, even just having basic spice mixes, you can create a curry flavored tofu you can create um you know mediterranean mixed spice one or a lebanese mixed spice one or whatever and you know do that with plain tofu and know how to do that um it really helps your variety and knowing different textures and scrambled tofu instead of scrambled eggs and anyway that i could i could bang on for ages so you might need to move me off tofu or or i'll keep talking about it the whole time (laughs) we can do a whole episode on tofu but I think I think it's a great okay. point, as you said, of like there's it's just loads of there's way more variety than I think you the first not meets the eye, but you know, you first see when you think going plant-based, you know, these are my very few options. And you're actually, you know, making me think there's so many more options I still haven't tried. And I've been kind of investigating a few different things. I love the firm tofu, but haven't tried many of yeah. the other varieties. What but let's not talk about just yeah. tofu. Like what about so I work with you know, <laughs> parents I'm sure you do too of like and one thing that kind of um can hold them back I guess in terms of making a healthy choice they want to is they've also got to try and please the rest of their family whether it's bossy children or a partner that's a bit more um less adventurous with their food like what strategies would you have or do you have to help with people in that situation where they might not like to eat you know steamed vegetables or um or tofu or something Mm. like that yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is also um, can extend past fussy kids because unfortunately there's a lot of adults who've kept the fussiness uh, into adulthood as well. Yeah. Um, and I think just knowing really interesting ways of having vegetables is, is, is really important um, as opposed to something being just kind of kids food as well. But for instance, you can make kind of a something called fritters um, and you can make these um, with lots of different vegetables and they kind of taste like little burgers really so you can make them out of courgette or zucchini as as they call it in the states um, that you grate up and you hold these together with you know some garlic and gram flour chickpea flour as it's called which also means that that you know they're gluten-free you help you know you put some linseed in there nothing these are all things that a kid wouldn't like but when you put it together and it tastes a bit like a burger uh, and you maybe put some homemade you know ketchup on that's that's less sugary than the stuff in the shops or you get a low sugar ketchup or something and put that in a burger um you know in a bun or something you know kids may not realize they're having vegetables um when 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 they're having that or you could make a burger itself out of something called seitan um which is a, a wheat protein super high protein it's basically pure protein and you can make things like 
burgers I do actually a satan barbecue spare rib um cooking class for example and I know as a kid when I was a bit of a fussy eater I loved ribs with barbecue sauce and chips I could have just sat and eaten you know yeah, <laughs> eat that and didn't want any vegetables and you know you definitely need a big pile of vegetables with that but if you've got a kid who's fussy you know you can make these healthy um plant-based meats that don't have processed foods in kind of thing that is just make you know you know exactly what's going in there and um, that kids will really really like and um, the other one that's great and I, you know adults love this one as well and I, I I did post this recently and so many people went off and made them and they're great for traveling but roasted chickpeas yeah tastes like a kind of you know like a nice snack you know like a crisp or something but they are really high in protein and fiber and yeah. um, you can put different flavors on them so obviously you want to make a more kiddie flavor you may not want to put um I don't know smoked paprika may not be a, a kiddie flavor depending on your kid but you know something like salt and vinegar so it's like a salt and vinegar crisp but it's a chickpea um and you know you can roast those in the oven without oil so you're not you know it's literally just lots of fiber and protein for your kid um and what's great about roasted chickpeas, again, you go on about these all the time, um, they last a long time. I took them, um, I take them traveling, especially when I go, you know, whether it's around the country or abroad or on a plane, got a nice big bag of roasted chickpeas, um, you know, and eat those as a healthy snack, you know, Nothing, you know, it's not like eating a big bag of crisps and then going, oh, I just, you know, ate a big bag of unhealthy crisps or something um, that don't actually really fill you up. Crisps, are, you know, if you want to have crisps, I'm not saying don't have them, but they're not they're not a healthy snack, basically. Um, but roasted chickpeas are ones that kids might really like, um, whereas they may not be so keen on, I don't know, the chickpea curry or something. Yeah, I guess chickpeas sometimes have a, a, a is it chalky sort of texture if they're not cooked in a certain way. But yeah, I don't mind them, but I know some people do. But I think I wanted to go into yeah. protein because you've mentioned protein a few times. And as we both know, yeah. like, I think a lot of people that come to work with me kind of understand the concept and it's probably same with you of like okay I can't eat too much in terms of calories or maybe they're just thinking I can't eat too much mm -hmm. food. obviously calorie density is a different conversation but it stops yeah. there and they don't really think beyond it to protein or um or they're not quite yes. sure how to do it or they may understand they need to get enough protein which is rare but is, is very important right for filling up like you said as well as fiber yeah but I think there's a, there is yeah. that big myth around plant-based eating, which is probably what put mm. me off initially before I've, I've started to learn more, <laughs> although I'm learning a lot more today, um, of like, oh, you know, you just can't yeah. get enough protein. And then you just rule it out because you say you can't get enough protein. So what would you say are the kind of the biggest myths around, yeah. around protein and plant-based eating? Yeah, I think just the biggest myth, very simply, like you say, is, oh, yeah, but I need protein or I can't get enough protein, like very, very simply. And... I suppose where that that myth might have come from is also again going back to those fundamentals um you know people might just so you know, sometimes when people go plant-based or they try and be healthy and they go look at this pasta dish I made and I, I look and I go ah this is a plate of pasta with some tomato sauce and a bit of salad yeah of course that's not, that's not going to fill you up it's not balanced or anything like that and it it's this lack of knowledge of what a balanced diet is in the first place of actually knowing, oh, I need to have protein because some people have probably just been brought up on, you know, meat and two veg, like you said, um, which is, you know, the meat's got protein in. So they almost probably haven't had to think about that. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, there is protein in 
in everything that is not a helpful thing to say to say there's protein in all plant foods because there's obviously not much in some and a lot in others so making sure that you are having a good source of protein like your beans and lentils and legumes um tofu seitan which is, is wheat protein which is you know creates amazing meat and actually when people say oh but that's very processed it can be in the shops Buddhist monks have been eating seitan for thousands of years when they or a couple of thousand years when they found out um someone found out in china that um wheat protein could make this this sort of meaty texture um product and so they've been eating it for that long um so it's not a new thing something like seitan you know that is a food that is very minimally processed that is so so high in protein that you can have so you know that is going to really fill you up and i think people need to look at the sort of quality of their food as opposed to just the calories you know you can fill up on a load of veg a load of vegan protein as long as it's not super deep fried that's obviously gonna yeah. um, change the quality of the food and it might make you for instance feel a bit sick not be so healthy put on weight etc etc um but making sure you are having these sources of protein um like breakfast for example um you know don't just remove the eggs um, you know, put some scrambled tofu on there as, as well. And, and I think one of the reasons these myths have come up is because of the options in restaurants as well. So, or, or cafes that, for instance, um, you know, you want the avo on toast option and usually it, maybe it has poached eggs on top and you say, oh, do you have a plant protein you can add to that? And they say, no, the vegan option is just avocado on toast. And things like that might make people think, well, actually, you know, there's, there's not much protein here or that didn't fill me up. So I'm not going to do plant based. But actually, you know, those establishments don't have the knowledge of what a balanced meal is, because, you know, while it has gotten much better, there are still some places where they haven't understood that actually you need a really good protein source with your meal. And, I, you know, when I go outside London um, and, you know, in different parts of the UK sometimes or even in London itself, you know, sometimes I'll actually say, you know, your vegan option that's really tasty, um, you know, that mushroom risotto. And mushrooms do have a good amount of protein. But I'll say, well, you know, but, I, I, you know, do you have any beans you could have with it? And I think sometimes that puts people off because even what they're served in restaurants is not balanced. Or, you know, I went to a wedding and, literally my my main meal was a pepper stuffed with rice with some potatoes on the side and someone said i could never be vegan that's not going to fill me up and i said don't worry mate it's not going to fill me up either <laughs> you know yeah. um and actually and actually i had some tofu in my bag <laughs> I, had a, I know i know that I pre-prepared because I thought I know this is going to happen um but that's where some of the myth comes from as well because you know in a lot of places they're not serving up enough protein and people don't have the knowledge of what actually contains protein for example and what you need to be putting on your plate yeah no, no one's taught this as you said I think this is the key thing it's like we're not taught at school what a real balanced diet looked like um you know we're yeah not, we're not taught what that looks like again it doesn't really sell <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not it's not sexy like saying just cut out carbs and you'll lose loads of weight or you know do this, this yeah. fasting thing but it's actually what works um in the long run right and i think restaurants as you said they're improving but yeah there's still a lot of places which i think just i don't want to say just take the easy route but i suppose it sometimes is the case of like okay how do we make a tasty vegetarian vegan option we just deep fry everything yeah be one of the ways yeah <laughs> they do it and obviously there's a lot of calories as you said in oil 
I always say like that you run your car on oil because it's very energy dense. Like you can't, you know, if you're sitting at your desk all day, you <laughs> yeah. don't want to be just consuming this much oil. So you you obviously have a lot of ta- yeah. tactics for like cooking stuff without oil, without much oil. Like what? Yeah. How do you, how do you do that? I, I can kind of grasp some from what you said earlier, but how do you do that? Because I think a lot of the recipes I've seen are like, right, put your two, three tablespoons of oil, which could be three, 400 calories, and then fry your tofu in that yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. Chickpeas in that. Make this delicious curry, which I've made some before. And then I look and I'm like, yeah. this is like a thousand calories a portion, even though it's vegetarian or vegan. I know. So how do you, how do you kind of go about yeah. solving that for your, for your clients and the people you work with? Yeah. So, so there's, there's a few different things um, and there's, there's various tips because when you start looking at products, you're like, there's oil and everything, you know, that starts to happen when you, when you look at a lot of products out and it's not to scare people because um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you occasionally have it you know it's about it's about reducing um and you know sometimes we do need those kind of convenience products so i say right the more you can do at home it means it's not really going to affect your health or your weight so much those few times you you are buying something convenient or you know i had some deep fried tofu the other day and it was amazing and i loved it yes it had oil but i'm not going to do that every day kind of thing um one of those things like you said about the curry is literally you saute in water you literally can saute your garlic and your onions, things like that, in water, yeah. and it's oh, fine. And it's 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 this cultural thing as well. And this, you know, because before I sort of cottoned onto this oil-free stuff and reduced oil, I used to think the same thing. I was like, ah, we have to fry in oil, and then it's like, hold on a second, no, we don't. Um, and actually, I'm going to remove that from the recipe. And I think this is another thing about some of the fundamentals. And, and, and we were talking separately outside this, weren't we, about, um, you know, recipes don't solve the problem. Yeah. If we have knowledge, we can look at recipes. I mean, I can look at, um, you know, recipes that got animal products in and I can very easily um, plant basify them with a few simple swaps. If I've got an understanding of how different foods work different flavors work why something is in a recipe you know if you start having this understanding then actually you're a lot more in charge of your body because you can look at a recipe and go well that's no problem it's got xyz unhealthy ingredient i know what to have instead so um sauteing in um in water is one really excellent tip um even home making things like so you know people might think with mayonnaise for example that it's it's you know unavoidable because it's got a load of oil in you know if I want mayonnaise that's what I've got to have you can make your own mayonnaise from silken tofu um, and a few other ingredients and it's completely oil free and it's also very high in protein so you can make like a big mayo salad um a vegan chicken i made this vegan chicken mayo salad which is so delicious from um seitan so the chicken was seitan you can also do it with chickpeas um yeah. and it's got this mayo in that's made from silk and tofu and uh, a vegan yogurt and a few other lovely flavors um you know to make it kind of taste um tangy and a bit eggy and, and things like that um you know you can literally make those sorts of swaps and it's very easy to just blend that up in the blender um you know that that is egg free it's oil free um and you can have huge amounts of it and it can taste very creamy and indulgent without it actually being really calorie dense and full of oil well i did not know that was possible because yeah most of the calories from mayo come from the egg yolks and the and the oil right but it's, yeah it's, it's why mayo is almost like 
pure <laughs> one of the most calorie dense <laughs> but rather than having like a light exactly. and you could do you can make your own version and it sounds pretty delicious yeah 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 so that, and it's much much healthier and and high protein you know still contains yeah which so is not normal protein. for mayo and i think that, <laughs> no, that's exactly. another great point as well about the recipe swaps thing of like if you have the knowledge like again i think we don't take it for granted because we work with lots of people and understand that lots of people don't know this, but they can learn. Is like I, I've, I've done the same of like whenever I read a recipe online, you know, I might look up a BBC Good Food recipe and then just go like, right, well, doesn't need that, doesn't need that. I can change that oil. I can reduce because you know, mm. I immediately see like, yeah, there's excessive calories in here, here, and here because it's a lazy way to get yeah. flavor as well. And it's the same thing like you said, if you yeah. use a, recipe, a restaurant. They are starting to have to put calories on the menu now. So maybe they'll get a bit better. But previously, they had no reason mm. to not just put half a block of butter in if it is, you know, not, not plant-based or not vegan. Or, or if it is, loads yeah. of sunflower oil, which isn't good for you either. And you don't even realize you're eating uh, 500 yeah. calories of sunflower oil in your dinner and in your starter. And it's yeah. really not good for you, is it? No, exactly. And there's also other little habits. Um, you know, and I, I did this years ago as well, is, you know, this idea, you know, I'm going to drizzle a load of extra virgin olive oil on my salad. And it's like, great, you have just added yeah. <laughs> like a few hundred calories to your salad. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, it can sort of taste nice, but there's so many other beautiful ways to pimp up the salad, um, I would say. And, you know, A, get used to not having that, that taste. Um, that is not helping you at all, drizzling that oil on your salad. Put some lovely vinegar on it, like apple cider vinegar that's also really good for your, your gut health, good for actually um, helping with the satisfaction of food. So it actually helps you want to, to eat less um, and right. helps with things like cravings. But, you know, put some, you know, sprinkle of seeds on your salad. That's going to give you some good whole fats. It's going to give you an extra crunch. It's going to give you a different flavor. Maybe put some roasted vegetables on your salad that are cooked in lots of garlic, not oil but you know garlic and yeah. spices or herbs do some you know i have a whole um coaching session on kind of creating variety around salads because there's so many amazing things you can do as well um but you know you, you don't need to be drizzling oil on, on your salad or extra oil on your hummus you know hummus should be made oil free it's made with tahini which is um sesame seeds blended up you can buy that in health food shops supermarkets etc check the jar because sometimes they put oil in you want the stuff that is pure sesame seeds Hummus yeah. should be made without oil. If you buy hummus in the supermarkets, I don't think I found a hummus in supermarkets or health food shops that doesn't have oil, unfortunately. That is not how hummus is meant to be made. Um, that is a shortcut. It is then being a bit cheap. So while, you know, if, if you've got no other choice and you're super busy, yeah, I'm not saying there's anything too wrong with buying some hummus and carrot sticks. That could be, a, for some people, that is such a step up from what they were doing. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. But if you want to be more healthy, Make a load of hummus, put a load in the freezer. My freezer's full of hummus. Um, that's made with that's made with tahini. That's made with tahini. And you can add, instead of adding, you know, lots of oil, if a recipe says to add oil, add a bit of extra water, a bit of extra lemon juice, a bit of extra apple cider vinegar, or whatever it is, to kind of make it more, more liquidy. And then you are with those sorts of techniques, just massively reducing, you know, something that that would be um maybe even double the calories um gets reduced. I did not know that hummus can be made without oil because, as you said, every packet. Because I, I, yes. I understand olive oil is probably better for me than sunflower oil, so I like try and read the packets of the hummus in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
oh, this one says it has olive oil in it. And then you read it, it's like 1% olive oil. <laughs> so they can write olive oil hummus. Yeah. But it's still full of oil. Yeah. Way, right. So that's that's really a really cool hack. And you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned gut health. So I think I want to come on to that because, again, just yeah. like just like plant-based is becoming more popular, the word gut health is being thrown around a lot. And like, I, I don't think most people understand really what that means mm. other than they understand it's probably something I need to worry about. I think that what I tend to hear is like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to take like probiotics, right? So what would you say? Right. Like, what, why do you think gut health matters um, for people who want to be fit and want to be healthy yeah. and want to lose weight? Like, why do you think it matters and, and what can you do to improve it? Yeah, sure. And, and I'll get onto the probiotics as well, because that's the thing everyone talks about. Yeah. Um, so, so gut health is, is basically um, defined as like what range of good gut bacteria or your gut microbiome, it's called. So what good gut bacteria and the range of it we have in our gut. Uh, and to have good gut health, we want to have very little to you know, very little bad bacteria. And we want to have lots of the good gut bacteria that helps us digest food as well. Um, in the gut, you know, that's also where a lot of hormones are made, which is really, really important. It also affects things like um, how hungry we get, our cravings, for example. It affects our mood because, you know, a lot of these hormones are also to do, you know, that serotonin, for example, the happiness hormone is, is made in the gut. So actually, if our gut isn't healthy, so if we don't have a good range of good gut bacteria. This can affect our ability um, to make hormones like serotonin, which is going to affect our, our mood and you know depression and all of that sort of thing. So obviously there's lots of things that affect mental health, but if we have not got a good range of good gut bacteria, we are going to experience that even worse. Um, so that's really, really important to remember. And it also is, is, is going to be how we how we digest food. Um, if we've got a good range of gut bacteria, we're going to digest food better. So some people even say, oh, well, you know, when I eat that, it does this to my, to my gut. It's very complicated. So I'm not saying if someone says that, you know, I know exactly what's going on, but it can also affect how we digest food. So some people might say, oh, I tried eating beans and I've went to the toilet immediately or something like yeah. that and actually our gut may not be used to it we may not have the good gut bacteria to ferment that food and break it down um so what can happen if we have bad gut bacteria very interestingly bad gut bacteria can feed off things like sugar so if you have a lot of bad gut bacteria it can actually tell you, um, hello, 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 I want sugar, I want sugar, I want sugar. And that can actually add to your cravings for sugar, um, which is why some of this kind of narrative of listen to your body, I say, all right, let's sort out some fundamentals before we listen to our body, because some people's bodies are telling them to eat cake all day, um, yeah. because actually your gut bacteria could be so messed up that actually the signals you're getting are not the right signals. You know, people getting cravings, um, and like I said, they are not craving the broccoli, unfortunately. Um, no. So if people were to listen to their bodies, actually they may end up eating things that aren't healthy because their body is not in a fit state to give them the, the healthiest message. What's also interesting about gut health, so you mentioned the probiotics. Probiotics are basically good gut bacteria, and you take a probiotic, it goes into your gut. More important than probiotics and, and thinking about that good gut bacteria is what does the good gut bacteria eat? They eat prebiotics. That is the food that they need to eat, and we need a range of prebiotics to feed a range of good gut bacteria. Prebiotics is basically fiber. So that comes from plants. 
there's no dietary fiber in meat, fish, eggs, dairy, etc. So we want to eat a variety of plant foods. So you get a variety of types of fiber that are going to feed the good gut bacteria. So you could take a probiotic, you could spend a lot of money on probiotics. But if you are not feeding that good gut bacteria, those probiotics are going to die. You know, so it's actually the feeding of it, the feeding of those good gut bacteria that's going to get your gut health or gut microbiome or whatever you want to call it to a good place. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I think that's the misunderstanding I've also noticed is people think, oh, yeah, just take some probiotics and then it will be solved. But mm. from my understanding, like, tell me if I'm wrong, I think it's it's just as important to be regularly having that variety of different high fiber yeah. foods. So usually veg, right? um to, yeah. to to keep your gut health in a good place yeah exactly but that fiber can also come from you know it's going to be in all plant foods so um it's going to be in your beans your tofu or all of those things as well as all the vegetables and fruits and all fruit nuts everything you know, it's going to be in everything so all those plant foods um and you need that kind of range and that's also where you need a structure for making sure you're having variety because, you know, like you said, you, you can just take a probiotic and a lot of people do that, but that's not going to solve the problem. Um, and you can eat fermented foods. And I, I, I actually rarely take probiotics now. Um, I did it first because I thought, oh, I've got to take a probiotic. Um, and then I realized actually it's that variety and that, that prebiotics that's the most important to feed that good gut bacteria. And you can also get probiotics in things like sauerkraut, kimchi and other fermented foods. But if we're not yeah. having that range and that variety of plant foods, our gut health cannot be optimized. And the other thing about having that variety, not just for the, the gut health side of things, but when we have variety, it gives us a range of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, which our body needs. And that's why our body gets bored if we eat the same thing, because it's our body going, uh-oh, better go and get more nutrients and the variety that I need to be healthy. So having that variety is so, so key to every part of um, our being. And it makes life so interesting, so much fun um, and so delicious. So let's talk about variety then, because I think that's a great segue to life. <laughs> I think when people hear variety, again, this is a bit of an assumption on my part, but in my experience like it can then just lead to like being like i'm already busy i'm already stressed that sounds really great but yes oh it's yeah. overwhelming like how do yeah. i then get all this variety do i have to know a million recipes like and i know i think if you're yeah. a big proponent of food prep like how do people how can people go about getting that variety in a way that doesn't take up loads of time and it's easy to fit into their life yeah of course i mean you know one really simple thing and you know again we're, we're all very in our routines and you know actually even when you go into the supermarket um if you usually have um you know i'm very into power breakfast and things like that but you know what you you know the fruit you have on the top of your breakfast for example you know have a lovely breakfast of your chia seeds and oats or whatever you, you're having and you want to top it with lots of fruit if you are having the same fruit every day, you could literally just go, hold on a second. Every day I'm having, I don't know, banana, apple, and I don't know, in summer I'm having strawberries. All right, so get, get some grapes, get a pear, 
um, in the summer, you know, take advantage of seasonal food. Seasonal eating is very, very good for us. And it doesn't have to be difficult. You know, go for what is cheapest and most abundant in the supermarket. It's usually what's seasonal. Um, you know, make sure you're having an orange. Make sure you're having a grapefruit. So the other thing as well is, with variety um, is about different tastes of food. So we have, um, you know, five different tastes we need to satisfy. Um, sweet is very obvious that we might have. And we might get that from certain fruits. But go for some really sour fruit. Uh, like grapefruit um, and that is also going to help you help your body recognize sugar better recognize sweet things better so you'll become more satisfied by sweet fruits instead of needing to have you know a refined sugar sweet treat to, to satisfy that for example but go for different fruits the same with your vegetables go for you know if you usually pick up the green beans pick up the peas if you usually pick up the broccoli pick up the cauliflower and even in things like you know your favorite curry um you might know a great curry recipe if you usually put aubergine or eggplant um in there put in courgette and zucchini next time um when you're roasting your vegetables you know if usually you're roasting um i don't know regular potatoes um, and maybe eggplant as well you know change it up roast some red peppers roast some sweet potatoes roast some parsnips or something like that you know some of it can be quite simple swaps and um, you know if you usually put a certain bean in your hummus one of my favorite ones actually is you know there the hummus police are not going to come around if you use black beans instead of chickpeas um, in fact, you know, you're going to get praised for that from me, um, for, for, you know, yeah. creating some variety there. Um, you know, you don't have to, there's no rules in terms of, you know, with, with recipes, just because someone's written a recipe and they've used a certain type of bean or vegetable doesn't mean you have to use that as well. You can switch it around. And I guess you'll get that confidence to do that through actually learning this um and, and practicing like, mm. like anything right it comes with time so probably initially i imagine people might need a bit more structure following recipes and things like that which i know obviously you do a lot of and then yeah and then learning and then over time you kind of build that confidence it's, i guess it's a skill um and what yeah yeah go on I think you're going to say something. Along I was just going to say that, you know, there's, there's further, there's, it is a skill and there are these habits you need to build in that kind of, um, I, I like to say, increase your baseline of health. So even when times get difficult, you know, I say to my clients, your times may get difficult, but you've built in so many great habits that actually when you do fall a little bit and things are a bit more difficult, you're never going to go back to that place you were at because you've built in all these new habits and these new bits of understanding that can be very simple. And then there is kind of, having more organization and a bigger structure which you know often people do need some support on of you know things like food prep to make sure you are creating more variety and in a very interesting and delicious way and you know even basic things like uh, making sure you are making double the things and putting them in the freezer so that a few weeks later you have that meal again um or something like that so you're not sort of making it some people literally make things and they say i don't know what to do with all this food um for example, and they end up maybe throwing it away. And then the next day they're stuck in the same place of, oh, you know, what do I eat to have variety? Whereas if you've also pre-prepared and you've got some stuff in the freezer from, you know, three weeks ago or a month ago, you can say, I don't even need to think about more variety today. I've got something completely different in the freezer that I can have that's different to yesterday. And with that then, so I know you you kind of use food prep a lot. What kind of structures work best for the people you work with is it like a sunday night they, they prep like half the 
half the week's meals and then Wednesday, or is it more like a, when you cook a meal, you cook double? Is it a bit both? Like what, what kind of structures do you find work best for people? Yeah, sure. So first of all, like it's even though I've got a mix of one-to-one and group coaching, people can sort of do whatever. Even on my group coaching, I still make it bespoke to everyone because um, it includes one-to-one, but it's also I give people a structure that can fit around them. So yeah. people find their own night that's good for food prep or their own bits of time it might even be that you need to spend say just 10 minutes in the morning say you've got most of your breakfast prepared but you want to just chop up that fresh fruit and put it put it on top and put it in a tupperware and take it to work you might need to make sure you're reserving 10 minutes in the morning to do that very small thing that means you are not walking out of that house without something really healthy and so you know People might at that point go and say, well, I'm going to have a coffee and a croissant for breakfast because I did bring something. And actually, that could have just taken 10 minutes to, to sort out. Um, so there's things like that. There's sort of uh, I give people structures of what can be done, um, you know, one day in advance, two days in advance, three, four, five, six, seven even. So very basic things like, um, you know, one of my one of my best tips, I think, is very small, but um, making sure you've got a range of stuff in your fridge. And one of them might be chopped up carrots. Okay, so maybe when you're cooking and you're thinking, oh, I'm really hungry, please don't reach for the biscuits, reach for some carrot sticks and some of the, you know, the tofu that you've pre-marinated and made and you've got a load of that in your fridge for a really high protein filling snack. With something like carrots, you can peel and chop carrots that are going to last for days and put them in a big jar of water. When you put carrots, chop carrots in a jar of water, they stay fresh for days. Whereas if you just leave them out, they go a bit dry, they look a bit sorry. So when you're chopping up a carrot and you're peeling it, um, you know, I make sure I can have that for three, four days by putting it in water. So I've got carrot sticks for a few days now and I've got my roasted chickpeas ready. So I've got, okay, at least I've got some snacks in my bag. That's what I can have. And I don't have to remake those now. Um, So that's one thing that's, that's very important is knowing little tricks like that and getting into habits of if I've chopped up this carrot, I might as well chuck up x amount and then i've got healthy snacks in my fridge so that sort of thing's important bulk cooking even bulk cooking your grains so things like whole grain rice you know people say oh i can only have you know this much and you know there's two of us having dinner so is that two handfuls of rice it's like cook a load of it chuck it in boil it up chuck it in the fridge in the freezer when you're done with it let it cool properly health and safety etc um but that means next time you want to pull a curry out the freezer or even just make a curry or you actually just want to put together a balanced meal and you think right i'm going to make a nice salad with some dressing got some marinated tofu in the fridge and actually i've got some rice in the freezer i could pour a bit of hot water over and i've got some brown rice and i'm going to put some avocado with it or whatever you know you've got little things like that that just make your life so much easier. And there is a lot more in this structure that you that you can do that I also teach. But it is some of these small things and small habits that really start to add up uh, to making your life so much less stressful and making sure you're having really filling, balanced meals and you're not caught out. The more you prepare, so I sort of, I have like a, a three-step process is, you know, the kind of preparation of like, what do I actually want to eat? you know what haven't what haven't I eaten for a while what's some of my favorite recipes we also have a structure of sort of keeping a bit of a log so you're not every night going what am I cooking and you're also going to have a load of stuff in the freezer but you know there's a kind of what am I going to eat what do I need to prepare this week or tonight or whatever um then there's making sure you actually have the ingredients so this is another thing on prep that's so important for your structure um when you go out you might need a tin of tomatoes for something 
No one is stopping you buying 10 tins of tomatoes and putting them in the cupboard so that you do not have to worry about buying 10 tomatoes again. Because that's another layer of stress people have with food is like, well, I don't even have the ingredients. Actually, if you want to make something and you realize you've got most of the ingredients in your house, you've got the spices, you've got the tin tomatoes, maybe some coconut milk, some tins of chickpeas or whatever it is. It's like, well, actually, there's a chickpea curry right there. And I've got some brown rice in the freezer. Fantastic. Um, and then there's carving out that time to cook. Um, and, you know, that's where there's sort of more structure might need to come in as well. But you do not have to be cooking every night. And that's a message I really want to give people. And I'm very real and authentic about myself and what I do and I'll be honest when I've said I haven't cooked for like four days I've had to prepare bits of food but I've had a busy period I've had a load of stuff in the freezer I prepped stuff on whatever it was Monday night whenever my time is and I haven't had to cook a proper meal for like four days it's brilliant <laughs> I, there's loads I've learned just from that but I think the I think the, one of the main points you made which is a really important one is it needs to be right for the individual it's why you work with people one-to-one -one. and generic advice yeah. is very dangerous because like mm. a lot of diets they just go this is the only way and if you can't stick to that then people feel like they're failing and then they give up so I think if you can teach people how to it's that cliche right teach you how to fish rather than um rather than just give yeah. them push, then then they'll be able to succeed yeah. for life now yeah we could talk about this stuff literally all day because we're both very <laughs> passionate about it there's loads of topics I haven't got onto today. So we're going to have to have you back. Um, but I'm going to wrap up for today. I'd love that. I know we've spoken for a while already. I know we've both got, got other things on today. So I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for coming on um, and sharing your knowledge. Because like, I'm really oh, inspired. And I'm sure people listening are really inspired too. But oh. what I do want to do is, is, is tell people where they can find out more about you or more about what you do. So where's the best place for people to go, Vanessa? Yeah, fantastic. So, um, and thank you as well for having me on. I've, I've loved um, talking to you as well. So thank you so much. Um, on Facebook, I have a group called How to Go Plant-Based. Um, so it'd be fantastic if you can join that. That's where you get um, tips, recipes. I do lives. I answer your questions so you can interact with me. Um, when you join that group, um, you can give me your email address and I'll send you my free guide, which is five steps to a balanced plant-based diet. And that's got a lot of the secrets and hints and tips that I took 15 years um, to learn about that I've put into one guide uh, that I can send to you for free as well. So please join that group, How to Go Plant-Based. If you are not on Facebook, um, you can find me on Energize and Thrive Plant-Based on Instagram. And again, just pop me a message and I'll make sure you get that free guide as well. Amazing. So I'll, I'll drop all those links into the show notes and below wherever we're sharing this. Uh, I'm also going to go and join the, join the group because I'm now in, I'm very Fantastic. inspired and I'm like, <laughs> I need to do more of this as well. Uh, and I know we're trying to eat a bit less meat in our house. So I think that would be really helpful. So yeah, thank you so much for coming along Wonderful. and sharing, sharing everything. It's been amazing having you on and we'll have you on again. Oh, fantastic. I really look forward to it. Thank you so much. I've loved talking to you about all of, all of this stuff we're passionate about. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.